You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm really interested to see what Duran will do because this is by far, and I'm going off the top of my head here, the best quarterback he will have ever played with. And some of the things that he Whoa, has done. Shade of Brennan Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people too. Talk fantasy football. Bring you the latest in CFL news and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Brazilian Thai. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm starting to rebound. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little little rough this morning. So we're at a wedding last night. How are the knees feeling? Because uh, apparently Brazilian Thai gave, well, not apparently, you did, gave everybody a lesson in how to rock the old foot loose. Uh, They don't feel great. Uh, The hamstrings are a little tight. Knees are a little bruised and sore. Uh, I, I was in better shape, though, than our buddy's sister-in-law. So I had that <laughs> for me, which was nice. <laughs> so I couldn't look that bad. You still had the power to drape her over your shoulders, man. Somebody had to get her out of there. <laughs> but I didn't know you had that in you. I've grown up a lot. Like sliding across the dance floor on your knees, well, I'd still be there. <laughs> it, it wasn't easy. It gets tougher and tougher with every wedding. <laughs> and, and we are doing this in person for the second time ever. I won't lie. It's kind of weird because I, I have to be dressed. Dis, it's disconcerting. Though. Every time I do it with somebody else, I have to dress. Well, I do appreciate it. Well, you were not wearing, wearing uh, that much at some points in the night last night. Well, I, one thing led to another, and <laughs> I saw the opportunity to do my best George Costanza impression. I took full advantage. <laughs> If you are getting married and you want George Scostanza and you got a photo booth, Brazilian tie is your guy. Roughly the same body type. <laughs> In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. Okay, of course, free agency got underway this week. And. It's been the talk for almost like the last year and a half that all of these contracts are going to expire after the 2018 season, and then nobody's going to sign, or a lot of the big-name players aren't going to sign because of the CBA. Well, that wasn't the case. <laughs> no, no, everything kind of blew up oh, there yeah. on the morning of the 12th, and like is I'm assuming the new salary cap is going to be like $10 million <laughs> with the money that they're throwing around out there. Uh, but there's guys like Desardin who think it's not going to move that much. Uh, and he, yeah. he said, you know, there's going to be guys, there's going to be cuts and we can, because let's be honest, Ottawa lost. They, they might have lost the most uh, off of any team yeah. in the league. Uh, and so he said, you know, there will be additions that we can make after roster cuts because they don't think the cap's moving and they've seen the money that's been thrown around or reportedly thrown around and there's going to be chances uh, and, you know, surprise cuts or maybe not surprises, but there'll be there'll be uh, financial uh, reasons. It won't be so much skill, I don't think. I think there might be a lot of trades. Just the way that money's been thrown around, 
And I mean, if the cap doesn't move, it might move by I. I'm just spitballing. You know, if it goes up by another 500k or something like that. And and what if they do up the minimum salary? So then all those lower guys have to get paid more. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to make room somewhere. But every team's going to be in that situation. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be hard to make trades. And I think what's going to happen is that trades are going to have to be dollar in, dollar out. Yeah. To a certain extent. You're not going to be able to do a big salary dump like you can in other sports, and that's going to make it really tough for teams teams to get stuff done. And you know, like we were, like I said before, you know, we're going to see guys get cut that you know it, you were not expecting. Yeah. But it, it, when you look at the money that, and if the cap doesn't move up nearly as much as some, I, I don't know if uh, Ed Hervey has information that we don't on the cap moving up, <laughs> uh, and Desjardins doesn't have that info. Uh, but there's going to be guys that aren't going to have jobs because the, the financial just won't work. How about a guy putting his stamp on his team that fast? <laughs> and, and Brock Sunderland did it too. He did. Uh, you know, he made it his it, team. They, it's definitely, you know, we talked about last year, BC had, coming into the year, they had to do something about that O-line. Because the year before, it was not great. Uh, you know, Ed Hervey addressed it. And, you know, the O-line was better. The quarterback play was subpar for BC last year. I don't think that's really debatable, Debatable, uh, c- considering the two they had in the years that those guys have had. Uh, and now, you know, that, that team is a totally different dynamic with Mike Riley back there. And, and you know, they bring in Suk Chung, and they paid a lot of money for him. Yep. Uh, but as I, I, I would say an elite offensive lineman in the CFL or, you know, Top top tier lineman, uh, when, and we see the hits that Mike Riley takes. If you can limit the hits, you know you're going to get your return on investment. And he, and uh, Riley's an Ed Hervey guy, and I think it wasn't it was an easy choice or like the easy pick. So I I don't think it comes as a surprise, but just the money uh, is like well, I, I don't know what's going to happen for with everyone that, cap. that's yeah. getting reported and, and like even wide receivers and you know guys that you know typically yeah. don't make the big dollar because you, you have to be able to spread that money out or getting paid. And it's like, what are you going to do with the rest of, of your roster? It's, it's going to be really tough to fit. So I, I guess we could go back to last Monday when the Eskimos announced that uh, CEO Len Rhodes was not going to be back. And in a roundabout way, and it's funny because before free agency started, we knew the Mike Riley thing was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then basically when it was confirmed and then the dollar figures starting, started getting leaked that he was going to, you know, basically get $2.9 million over four years, that uh, Len Rhodes was going to be gone. They, they call it mutual. I don't know how mutual it is, but I guess his last day on the job is going to be Wednesday. And a lot of Eskimo fans now here a week later, free agency has gotten underway. It doesn't look as a bad situation anymore, or at least as bad Mm -hmm. as it did that they were going to be losing their franchise quarterback and a whole lot more. So then uh, Len Rhodes ended up uh, taking the fall there. I mean, in a roundabout way, I mean... (laughs) The Eskimos did all they could to keep Mike Riley. They matched BC's offer. I don't know if anything, if they could have done anything different to keep him. I don't think so. Uh, it's tough for for Americans, especially. Uh, and he, he's got a young family, and they they spend a lot of time back in Washington and in, yeah. in the in the Vancouver area. So it just makes so much sense for him. And you know, people will bitch and moan 
saying, oh, you just, I can't believe you left and blah, 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 blah. Like you wouldn't do the same thing if you had an opportunity to work basically from home or you're like where you would call home or really damn close for the same dollar amount and be and be closer to home, closer to his parents. And just, it's just the family dynamic is just so much more of an aspect to him. And as with a young family, it's hard to argue that. And Riley, he kind of did say he's not leaving for the money. He said he's leaving to win championships. That almost feels like a bit of a shot to me. Well, I mean, when Len Rhodes doesn't believe in winning. (laughs) Maybe that's exactly what it was. There's more, there's more football than winning football games. Well, no, Len, there really isn't. Sorry to burst your bubble, but if you're not winning, you're not going to have a job. So, and I, 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 I know that the board signed off on getting rid of Ed Hervey, but that move made no sense, and it just it went downhill from there, and that turned the fans against Len Rose, and that's why we don't see a lot of upset people right now. So I guess we could go in uh, alphabetical order here, or at least maybe from west to east, and let's finish talking about BC. They bring in Mike Riley. We mentioned Suk Chung, uh, Lamar Durant, and then some uh, DBs, uh, Chris Edwards. Oh, look at that, a 15-yard penalty. Uh, Aaron Grimes is on his way there. Josh Oh, look Woodman. at that, another big gain for the inside receiver. <laughs> and they got a running back in John White, who showed last year he can still go. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can stay healthy, and it, it kind of sucks. There's been a few years of his career just – it's unfortunate. You can only play football so long, and he uh, he looked like he still had it last year with Hamilton. But they also signed Josh Stanford uh, from Montreal, Canadian receiver, and Deron Carter. So now we got Deron Carter. Mike Riley's already got two kids at home. Why does he want to <laughs> deal with this at work now? <laughs> Deron Carter, Brian Burnham, and Mike Riley. If that doesn't sell tickets in Vancouver, what does? And I I did see other people making a nice little point here. Uh, David Braley made something similar like this happen in Toronto. They made the trade to the Eskimos for Ricky Ray, and he was able to sell the Argos. I think Mike Riley might make the Lions brand a little bit more valuable for Braley to finally move that team and to have it into I Braley is a beautiful guy. He He has, has kept he has kept this league exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say afloat, but um, he was there in some rough times. times and without him we don't know if we'd still be talking about the CFL. Absolutely. So uh I, I think a lot of people in Vancouver do say, hey, it's time for Braley to mm-hmm. sell the team and we'll we'll get to an owner. I don't know. Maybe if they could get under the Canucks umbrella and, and the Whitecaps and everything like that, I think that would be good for the team because I really I want to talk about something similar when we get to the Argos because yes, the, the MLSE structure. They are using that to woo in free agents now. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it with Darrell Walker. So if uh, Braley can sell the team and I mean, they got a franchise guy and what Mike Riley does is it's the off the field stuff too. Mm-hmm. I, I know Lule is a great guy in the community. He's a great face, uh, face guy to be out there and he's, he, he's good at everything, but Mike Riley kind of takes things to a little bit of a different level. I, I don't know if there's anybody in the league that's really not a fan of him. Yeah. <laughs> But anything—it's like saying you don't like Sidney Crosby. Yeah, well, yeah you don't like him because he's good and he's yeah. not on your team. 
And <laughs> you know what? Not as much as he used to be. <laughs> I'll concede that. Uh, but when, I mean, when Riley does interviews, like mm-hmm. you, you just listen to the guy talk and he explains everything. He's just, he's a guy you want to be the face of the franchise. Absolutely. And yeah, absolutely. for Vancouver, I think that's big. And yes, what, what is going to help? With with Vancouver and getting butts in the seats, winning will mm-hmm. at, winning will help. It's not going to be the only thing that's going to make a difference, uh, but having a guy like Mike Riley as the face of your franchise, and if the team can, I, I, I don't want to overstep, but if the team let's say hosts a West final this year, and you know Mike Riley has another year like he had this year, he he outscored fantasy wise. Bully by Mitchell by over 100 points over the course of the year. The rushing touchdowns, yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, if if they can win football games and be present in the community, and having a guy like Mike Riley is, I think, w- will help that. Not No no ill towards Travis Soule because he is great at it too, but just Mike Riley is the starter. He's a franchise guy, and, and you know he's just a very recognizable face. And he does everything you want on and off the field, and that's going to be huge for the Lions. I'm really interested to see what Duran will do, because this is by far, and I'm going off the top of my head here, the best quarterback he will have ever played with, and some of the things that he Whoa, has done. Shade of Brennan Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he's already said it. Like I don't have to worry about the ball getting to me anymore. <laughs> So <laughs> he could be putting on a bit of a show here, and I'm I'm excited to see it. Yeah, uh, the only the only issue I foresee, and I mean that's pretty obvious, is yeah. you have Deron Carter and you have Odell Willis in the same dressing room. They're very big personalities. Will they mesh? And is Mike Riley going to have to be the babysitter? Or or anybody for that matter. I'm just using Mike Riley as an example because as a quarterback, you're usually a captain and you're going to have to deal with some stuff. Like As long as they can coexist and that dressing room stays cohesive, this team is going to be to be reckoned with. Let's go to the Eskimos. Um, and I think allowing BC to talk to Mike Riley and basically coming to terms with the Mike Riley loss did a lot for that team, and Brock Sunderland it was able to come up with a plan. Oh, to... yeah, just hey, what Desjardins did, I'll do. <laughs> so I think the Eskimos. Well, the offense probably is not as good. Well, look, look at look at the guys they've lost in the last two years. Yeah, because you you just have to look at Darrell Walker, Bryant Mitchell, uh, Duke Williams, Adarius Bowman, Brandon yeah. Zilstra. Yeah, uh, and I mean. And then the quarterback, yeah. Mike oh, Riley. Yeah, Mike Riley. <laughs> so, but they were able to bring in guys that have played together, and I don't think that that chemistry can be, you know, understated. Uh, with the same guy protecting Trevor Harris's blind mm-hmm. side, uh, and then Greg Ellingson, who Harris is a good little connection with, and then they also get Devaris Daniels from Calgary. Uh but I think the biggest upgrade here is Edmonton's linebacking core all of a sudden is probably the best in the Canadian Football League. They bring in Larry Dean, Javon Santos Knox from Winnipeg and Don Unamba from Hamilton. And <laughs> those are three massive signings. Th- those are huge and you had a guy you have a guy like JC Sherritt retire who 
as a yeah. captain, and that he was the on-field leader yep. for that defense. And we know when he was gone, that defense looked like it was missing a beat. It, it didn't have the same. I don't want to say effort, but it maybe the intensity, uh, and you know, ha- especially with a guy when Sherrod's gone out of that lineup, it's so hard for somebody else to step into that role. Uh, you know, your middle linebacker is your quarterback on the defensive side. So, uh, you know, getting Larry Dean in there and, and Unamba, that that's going to be huge for that defense. Uh, and, you know, with the offense that they have, they lose. The, it is a downgraded quarterback. I don't, I don't think there's any debate there. No, no. Uh, but at the same time, with Mike Riley, they only won nine games last year. And they knew he wasn't coming back. So, I mean, they filled the hole with Harris, uh, Greg Ellingson, Sir Vincent Rogers there now. Uh, just... That those guys coming in, I I know it's going to seem clicky probably at the start, and I mean that's going to happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. But that that offense, if if Jason Watson get that those guys working like they did in Ottawa, they'll be laughing. Well, and uh, Dean and Unamba both played for mm-hmm. Philip Lawley, who was a coach in Hamilton, brings his system to Edmonton, so they're going to be big on getting those guys uh, up to speed with his system in Edmonton. We go to Calgary, and there's really, well, there's only one guy to talk about because I think that's the thing that is as impressive about Calgary as probably any team we've seen in the past mm-hmm. two decades. And Winnipeg this season yep. did make kind of the same thing as well. They do not care about free agency. No. They don't have to. Uh, they are such a stable franchise that they are the ultimate Next man up team. And we saw it with the receiving core last year. Uh, they are prepared for injuries and they are prepared to lose guys to free agency when it happens. And they have signed nobody. Uh, There's some re-signings, obviously, but bringing back Bo Levi Mitchell. And the Riders are next here, too. From where I was looking, it kind of seemed like Jeremy O'Day was so focused on signing Bo that he let Harris get away, that he let Jennings get away. And maybe when Bo really never had intentions of leaving Calgary, uh, he basically used Toronto and Saskatchewan to get more money out of Huffnagel. Genius. Which I wasn't exactly sure that he was going to be able to do because Calgary, they've got their formula. They know they like to pay this position this much. And it just shows how valuable a guy like Bo is when they're able to get that money out of uh, John Huffnagel. But if they're not going to pay Bo, I don't think it would matter. I know how deep yeah. they are. Without a quarterback like Bo Levi Mitchell, like, I'm sorry, but Nick Arbuckle <laughs> is not Bo Levi Mitchell. No. Are you going to get Buckley to come out of retirement? Probably not. Brandon Bridge? But- <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to. We got to talk about Brandon Bridge when we get to the Riders about last night. Um, these guys, and that—that's maybe why they can pay Bo Levi Mitchell that, that little more because they have the depth where those guys aren't making, you know, top dollar at their position. They can pay a little less until they have to re-sign them, and then you know we see guys move yeah. on, and it's just plug and play, and they're able to find guys that fit. Uh, real well, and they just re-sign them until they're too expensive, and then see you later. And you know, we we keep comparing them to the New England Patriots. I know the only thing the Patriots have done is win more championships, but Calgary is perennially the num- like top contender in the West, except for 2015. Yeah, 
And it's, it's crazy how they're able to do this again and again. The Argos made Bo a legit offer, like paying him over eight hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year, and Bo basically left five hundred k over the next four years to stay in Calgary and stay in that winning system with Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson. But I mean. I, I think the next contract that Bo signs is going to be the biggest of his career. And there might be a chance. And who knows by then? Is Mike Riley going to be the same player in four years at 38 years old as Bo is going to be when he's 32, really? So is he going to get that million-dollar-a-year contract? I I could see it, but at the same time, they're going to have to make concessions somewhere else yeah. on that roster. And do, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but for him to get a million dollars, there's going to be guys that they're they're going to have to let go mm-hmm. that are integral parts to that offense and even maybe to the defense, and it's going to leave holes. And we, we've seen it in other sports where you pay these top, the, the best players on, on your roster and the guy you really want, you pay the top one or two guys all this money and you can't build anything around them. So let's talk about Saskatchewan where it was not what they did, it was kind of what they didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's face it, the defense really didn't have that many holes. Um, there really wasn't all that much to to upgrade there. Um, if they're able to play at the level they did last year, which <laughs> I don't know if you saw Javon Johnson's exit uh, <laughs> tribute post to the Riders, he basically says, yeah, there's a lot of dysfunction in the locker room. I, maybe a lot of that has to do with the leader and the <laughs> the chaos that he likes to bring. But I think it's good for defenders. I, I don't think they're normal guys. No, they're like the, <laughs> they're like a goalie, right? <laughs> uh, so basically, they lose Willie Jefferson, but they bring in Micah Johnson. And I don't know if many Ryder fans want to admit this, but I think Mike is more valuable than Willie because the. The chaos that he brings to the middle of a line, mm-hmm. I think, is more valuable than off the end. So they bring AC Leonard. I don't think AC is on the same level as Willie Jefferson, but Micah Johnson is going to open up stuff. And Willie is yeah. a, a bit of a wash there, I yeah. think. And Micah might even be more valuable there. So you're right. If, if Micah is able to crush the middle of the line. It doesn't matter who's playing defensive end. I, I could get around if there's nobody there. <laughs> like, it, w- what he was able to do, 14 sacks from the defensive tackle position. That's insane. It's insane. There are three guys that I would put maybe in Micah's category at defensive tackle, and it's probably Teddy Laurent, uh, Armando Sewell, and maybe Coleman in BC, uh, Davon Coleman, for the second half of last season, he mm-hmm. was able to do a lot. Can he do it again? But Mike is in a class of his own there, and there are a lot of good defensive ends in this league. There's Bowman, there's Willis, there is Hughes, there's... Uh, Kwaku Boateng. Yes, and Lemon, and there's a lot of good mm-hmm. defensive ends, so the tackles are almost more valuable, so... I, I think the Ryder defensive line is not going to take that much of a hit. Losing Sam McGuavin sucks, mm-hmm. and losing Toby Antigua does mm-hmm. suck for that defense. But I think most fans wanted to go into free agency hoping that the Riders could lock up one of the big three, Riley, Harris, or Bo, 
They couldn't. And then I would say probably the next tier would be Jennings. They didn't. <laughs> uh, but they were able to get Micah Johnson and running back William Powell, which I think the combination of Powell and Thigpen is a dangerous combination in the CFL. Oh, and Powell, the last two years, has been battling with Andrew Harris for the lead in rushing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's really hard to take down. We've seen him kill the Riders. Numerous oh, yeah. occasions. So Torches now, him. If you can't beat him jointly, right? <laughs> and Ottawa just totally blew up during free agency, so there was, an, there was an opportunity there. And we saw last year that this team doesn't need a defense to win games, it, or it doesn't need an offense, a quarterback, to win games. It would be nice. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And what they have at quarterback right now is not any better. It might be worse because we don't know what Colorado's health situation is. But having a guy like William Powell, like you mentioned, Marcus Sigpin back there, take a little bit more pressure off. And if you can establish a run game, as long as the OC is willing to do that, now you have a guy like Powell and it's not Trey Mason rushing for a yard and leaving you second and nine all the time. And they do re-sign Zach Kolaros. I <laughs> I do <laughs> Being able to see your facial expression is just absolutely beautiful. But last year, we went into camp and Optimistic. Jones, but we didn't even know he was going to be the starter. Or at least I, I figured he would be. Jones never said it. No, but I think we all kind of knew. Well, there's no way Bridge is going to be your opening day starter over Kalaros unless Kalaros gets hurt. Yeah. He did get hurt in the preseason game against mm-hmm. Calgary. Now, I don't know if that threw the rest of the season off, but it's just absolutely incredible to me that Kolaros' best games last year were against the Stampeder defense. I don't know how that happened. If that Kolaros played 18 games, the Riders might have gone 14-4, and four, and I don't think that is all that crazy to – Crazy to say, and if he plays in the playoffs at the level that he played against Calgary, then we're probably talking about last season a little bit differently Mm -hmm. here. But now he knows he's the guy. I mean, he knows the system. Uh, That's a big thing. Um, They bring back Naaman Roosevelt, which is really big. And they were also able to sign Manny Arsenault. I'm being quite realistic about this one. I love Manny. Ten games, maybe? Yeah. Is he going to be able to get in there by <laughs> Labor Day? Yeah. Like, the knee injury late, late last year. He it, says he's good to go, but he also said that in the playoffs in November, and they didn't get him on the roster. He also says that every year, yeah. <laughs> and he gets hurt. So uh, you got to take it with a grain of salt and just hope that you know this is one of those renaissance seasons for a guy like the Manny Show. Uh, and, and that he can stay healthy and contribute in this offense. Because let's be honest, if all the, if their number one option is Naaman Roosevelt, which you know on it's a, he's a really he's a top I would maybe not top top tier, but he is a very good wide receiver yeah, in this yeah. league. After that, there's not a lot of options. Um, Kyron Moore came on late last season, yeah. and but he's still so young so mm-hmm. probably unproven you don't know yeah. but Shaq Evans i mean he's another one of those guys if, Roosevelt's going to be getting double coverage so somebody is going to have that opportunity and you just hope yeah. that, and if it's Manny Arsenal then it's a sure-handed guy you know what he can do these other guys still have to prove it and I, I, they do have some experience under their belt but we just don't know 
it's a very small sample size. We don't know what they're going to turn into. The way things have gone for the Rough Riders in free agency, it kind of looks like they're going to have the same offensive philosophy as last year. Oh, and goody. <laughs> I mean, they're probably going to lean on William Powell mm-hmm. a lot. I, I would. I, it, I mean, I'm okay with that because it's not. Trey Mason. But there were times last year when they didn't really trust the run either. And if they did, they were stuck in second and long mm-hmm. consistently. Powell, you should be able to be playing from second and five and second and four. And I think Zach Caleros is still at a point where he can handle that better than, you know, the second and tens or elevens yeah. that he was consistently dealing with last season. And let's be honest, short yardage. A guy like William Powell, but second and three, you can still run the ball. Oh yeah, his yards after contact, uh, you know, and just he's, he's a monster. He's a monster when it comes to carrying the football. Uh, so that second and three doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to throw a short pass. There's going to be a lot. He opens up other options for this offense that they didn't have last year with the running backs they had. Let's go to Winnipeg, where basically, well, they signed a defensive back from BC, Winston Rose, but their biggest signing is Willie Jefferson, and. Uh, Man, that that's a big loss. That banjo bull moment last year, watching uh, Jefferson in green and white saunter down the field as slow as possible. <laughs> um, will we see it the other way <laughs> for Winnipeg? But they've got a lot of cash mm-hmm. sunk into Willie Jefferson and Adam Big Hill, and as a result, the Bombers' losses are pretty rough. Uh, they let Chris Randall go, and he's a veteran guy. His play has uh, maybe declined. I think a lot of people would uh, say that over the last year or so, but they lose Suk Chung, Jovan Santos-Knox, Kevin Fogg, Taylor Loeffler. That one's going to hurt. Is a big, big loss. So, I mean, while the Bombers were able to keep those uh, offensive tackles in Bryant and Hardrick, they actually lost a lot in this offseason, too. So it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. And, and losing a guy like Taylor Lothar changes your defense entirely. Uh, he, oh, yeah. He's a safety, but he can play anywhere on the field. Uh, you know, He lines up in, in spots where you don't expect a safety to be. And are you, if you're a receiver, are you really going to want to run a 15-yard dig route? Yeah, <laughs> because I don't want to get my head taken off by Taylor Loeffler. I don't know about you. Uh-uh. So I mean, he, he can hit. He he changes the game because he makes the offense on the other side change their game plan, and he's only one player. Dressler is still available. I I don't know if they bring him back. Uh, he's had trouble staying on the field basically mm-hmm. since he became uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber. But there are three more D linemen that are available for the Bombers, and I. I'd call them good players. Tristan Okapalugo, Drake Nevis, and Trent Corney, all available for the Bombers. So they've lost some solid players, but they do still, you know, have that core together in Bomberland. But it's also another story what the Bombers couldn't do in free agency. Mm -hmm. And a lot of fans fought, and I think the Bombers were open about it, that they were going to try and get a big name, big receiver. They were looking at Brian Burnham. He re-signed with BC before he became a free agent. Then they were looking at Devere Posey. They were looking at Greg Ellingson. They were looking at Terrell Walker, and they lost out on all of them. So the Bombers got a hope that uh, they can recruit uh, a brand-new international wide receiver that can be a game-changer 
Strav- for them. Does Traveler have any old roommates? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call them up because, man, they, they uh, the, the receivers right now are not. They tried the Darius Bowman last year. It didn't work out. I, I'm sure they wanted in on Manny Arsenault as well, but that didn't work out. I, 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 if they're waiting until NFL cuts, uh, I think it might be too late. You, you cannot dig yourself a hole, especially no. in the West Division, because you will not climb out of it. it it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, like, but like Nick Dembski, he's good. He's not a number one guy. Drew Lotarski, not a number one guy. Daniel Peterman, not a number one guy. So... And which could benefit Matt Nichols because he doesn't like to throw the ball downfield anyway. Well, maybe he does, but <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like, it, yeah. It just, I don't know. It. We talk about Saskatchewan, and they didn't make a lot, a lot of big splashes other than Michael Johnson. Yeah. But you know, Winnipeg only signed two free agents really, and didn't really address a problem that they have with the wide receiver core. Oh, opening up the Bombers website and seeing Willie there just makes me kind of sick. <laughs> but Darvin Adams is their guy mm-hmm. in the, the receiving core. And, I mean, he's a great receiver, but I'm assuming that he would like uh, some help uh, down the field. <laughs> it, yeah, it's hard when, you know, a guy like Darvin Adams, they are, teams are going to game plan for him in an offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, and whether that means doubling them or you know having the bracket or the safety the safety cover help, uh, you know it's going to open up stuff underneath. But I mean it's tough when you don't have another a number two option who can maybe draw some attention or you know if Darvin Adams isn't I don't want to say not producing but getting shut down I guess yeah. that you know he's going to catch the other guy's going to catch seven for one ten and a touchdown maybe. And, and move that offense down the field. And right now, they I don't know if they really have that. Uh, we, we've seen it from Drew Wolitarski a little bit. They don't go to him consistently. Uh, Peterman don't go to him consistently. Nick Dembski, they kind of use him in almost every position on He's the field. He's all over the place, yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, there is options there, but just there's not that wide receiver second option that I would be comfortable with right now unless it's going to be a, a guy that's already on the roster and they're going to put more more trust in him and, and use him accordingly. Before we get to the East Division, uh, saying thank you to Park Power today. Of course, if you're in Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you switch retailers, nothing changes about the delivery of electricity or natural gas to your home or business. That's pretty cool. You can go to their website, parkpower.ca. You can plug in the numbers, what you're paying for your energy right now. It'll show you how much you're going to save. So make the switch, save a pile of cash. You're supporting a Alberta company as well. So that money stays right there in the province and a part of the profits support support local charities as well. So what are we doing here? We're feeding two birds with one scone. It is Park Power. Make the switch today. Parkpower.ca. I am too hungover for this. <laughs> You can't even correct me anymore. I love it. I've given up. What are we bringing home? We're bringing home in the bagels, baby. <laughs> oh. Hey, I might even make enough to afford the name brand cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's head east. I don't know where to start or finish with Ottawa. Let's start with Ottawa. <laughs> 
So remember it, when we thought Montreal was a dumpster fire? <laughs> I, I think it was going to be between Ottawa and Edmonton before Tuesday happened. Mm-hmm. Who's going to have the roughest off season? I actually texted uh, Andrew from the Empire on Monday. I'm like, is this the worst off season in Eskimos history? And then Tuesday happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, they've rebounded well, but Ottawa did not make much happen. Uh, they ended up signing Jonathan Jennings. I believe it was Wednesday, day Mm -hmm. two or three, they ended up uh, signing him. So that's who they're going to roll with. But if you look at the losses, (laughs) it's William Powell, it's Greg Ellingson, it's Sir Vincent Rogers, it's Trevor Harris. And they all sort of had the same tune saying they did not feel respected or valued anymore by Marcel Desjardins. And if that's the, if that's the truth, that's a real tough look. And don't forget, Deontay Spencer went to Pittsburgh as well. Yeah. Uh, so they have Brad Sinopoli. And I love Brad Sinopoli. I, I do too. But you can't have one guy. Like, and, I'm not sure. And, if and he's to a... say to say, and for Desjardins to come out and say they're fully prepared to move ahead with Dominique Davis as he did quarterback. Say that, yeah. All you fans in Ottawa that were bitching and moaning, and Trevor Harris wasn't getting the job done, you wanted Davis to start, now you get it? Don't come crying to me week 10 when you're 1-9. <laughs> and nine. Uh, Harris, I, I felt like he never did get the respect in Ottawa when they only signed him to a one-year deal after Henry mm-hmm. retired, mm-hmm. and they weren't even sure they were going to sign him for that? I th- what? what? What are you going to go with? And... I like Jonathan Jennings. I, I, I think the 2016 Jennings is in there somewhere. And they may be able to get it out of him with the the coaching in Ottawa. They might be able to. Um, I, I don't know if he would have been able to handle the pressure in the fishbowl of Regina. I, I, I don't know if Jennings. I wouldn't wish that, that on anybody. I, I don't know if he's that guy. Uh, I, I don't think there's no there's exactly no pressure playing in Ottawa either. But he's got a fresh start, and I I almost feel like Jennings was trying too much to be a pocket guy, and I don't think that's what he is. I, I think he's at his best when he is just going out there and playing sandlot football. And I, I know people say that about Brandon Bridge, but there have been a number of offensive linemen not happy playing for Brandon Bridge because they have no idea where he's going to be or what he's going to do. There's a loss of 22 yards here, a loss of 13 Well, there. it's such a drastic change compared to Zach Kalaros that yeah, it is. your offensive line has to be so versatile to have two quarterbacks that are completely different. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I can understand not not liking having Brandon Bridge back there when you're used to a guy who doesn't run uh, anymore. But, yeah, I... I, I do agree with you that, that two, I don't think it would ever be as good as it was in 2016 for Jonathan Jennings, but it's got to be better than this. Because a lot of people thought he had MOP potential the next mm-hmm. year, and it just hasn't happened. So I, I hope for his sake and for Ottawa's sake that he we, he can live up to that potential. Let's not forget he's still young. He is not a old player by any means, but it feels like he's been around for a while. He's only 26. He turns 27 in July. But he's a Buckeye, so... <laughs> I mean... He played, 
yeah, from Ohio and you know Big Ten kid. I, I know we didn't play in the Big Ten, but I, I just like making fun of the Buckeyes because it's so easy. <laughs> no, I know it's only February. Um, everybody's kind of written off Ottawa right now, but they were kind of written off last year. And Desjardins and Rick Campbell have some sort of system, and they stick to it, and they make it work. So mm-hmm. I don't want to predict they're going to finish last. I'll say it right now. You think they're last in the East? Yes. Whoa. They they lost their entire offense. They did. I, I know they still have <laughs> R.J. Harris. Right. But you lost Brad Sinopoli. Or, sorry, not Brad Sinopoli. Greg Allenson, Deontay Spencer, William Powell, and your starting quarterback, who for some reason nobody liked. Yeah. Which made zero, always made zero sense to me. Don't get It's almost like the P.K. Subban treatment a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. It's like Kevin Glenn. <laughs> no respect. No the Rodney Dangerfield. Dangerfield. No respect. <laughs> the, yeah. I, I've come around on Kevin Glenn being a Hall of Famer after looking at numbers and all, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He still throws an inopportune interception. Yeah. But at the same time, he, he's gotten the job done. He hasn't won championships, but he's got teams there. He's, he can play. Uh, you know, From what we've seen from Davis, I have zero faith in that offense right now. And he doesn't have a lot of options. I mean, our... Right, he's got he's got Branson Hopkins and R.J. Harris, which don't get me wrong, they're, they're they're good, but it's Dominique freaking Davis. So when Davis came in last year, he comes in. I mean, the guy's got a rifle on him. If he can rein that in, he could be a good a good quarterback in the league. But let's move on from Ottawa because when free agency happened, everybody thought that when Bo stayed in Calgary, that Hamilton was. The team in the mm-hmm. East, and they were going to walk away with this, and with, with a nine and nine record. <laughs> yeah. They're another team that didn't really have to do all that much, but what they did were some nice key signings, and I think uh, a big one is Tunde Adelike, uh returning to southern on Southern Ontario from uh, uh, Calgary, and Jagera Davis on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's a big signing for the Tiger Cats as well, because I think a lot of people thought that there maybe would be some Stampeder defenders that would follow um, Devon Claybrooks to BC. Now, I don't know if um, the Lions can afford to pay any more. Of I don't those. think they can afford to pay the guys they have. <laughs> I don't know. Under the can, cap, I shouldn't say can't afford. They can pay them, yeah. but legally, I'm not sure. So I, I don't know if... Uh, I thought that these guys were going to maybe follow Claybrooks, but they spread out over the league a little bit. But those two Stampeder defenders going to Ham- or Hamilton, I think, are big signings. That, for sure. Um, you know, they they didn't lose much off the offense. Uh, they were able to get all their guys who signed, except for maybe Tolliver, I think. Uh, we don't know. I mean, the guys hurt lots. Lately, or in the yeah, last couple he, of years, uh, so I don't know if they're going to part ways or what the what the plan is there. But uh, you got a guy like Tunde and Delicate who it can shut down receivers. When he was their rookie of the year nominee, he can return punts, and, and that, that's another thing. Uh, he solidifies a return game that is already deadly with Brandon Banks. But if something happens, like we've seen, where Banks can't return kicks, they have it. They have an insurance policy there as well. So let's talk about let's go Al's right now. 
We ain't. Who actually, you you want to say something nice about them. Uh, mm-hmm. You got some haters in Montreal. Weird. Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. But they actually made some key signings as well. We're talking about Stampeders free agency. Free agents kind of cashing in a little bit. They get uh, offensive lineman Spencer Wilson uh, from Calgary, a defensive back Patrick Levels. But these next three signings, I think, are nice for the Alouettes. Mm-hmm. Devere Posey, Bo Lacombo, who I'm a believer of uh, from BC. He was kind of like on the fringe of maybe getting his shot there, but he's going to go to Montreal and get his shot. And they end up signing Canadian safety Taylor Loeffler. So they're doing okay there. I just have doubts still in the coaching staff. I that that is the one thing I well, there's only two things I don't like, and it's the coaching staff. I don't think Mike Sherman really knows what he's doing. And they especially signed, in Canada, yeah. Yeah, and Bowman for two years. That was really interesting it's, because but at the same time they can just cut him. Because what did he say? He was 98% sure. He was done. That he was done. So if it was only 1%, would they have only been a one-year contract? (laughs) So uh, honestly, I thought he was maybe going to try and head west for the first time in his career. But I mean, 14 years in, do you you really want to... Do you really want to leave Crescent Street? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the thing. Mike Riley, that 700k a year goes a lot further in Edmonton than Vancouver. Oh. And Bo's contract goes a lot further in Calgary than Toronto. <laughs> yeah. So it all evens out in the end, man. Uh, and we see it in hockey too and and the NFL where where states don't have income to state right. income tax at that level. Yeah. So teams in Florida, Tennessee, they can they can pay less and, and get yeah. guys to stay because they would have for example, and I know people hate it when we talk hockey, but Steven Samkos, if he would have went to the Leafs, would have had to make ten and a half right. million a year to make the eight that he's making in Tampa. Wow! So that does I, I think that that is a huge decision, and these guys all have money, guys, and they know what they're doing. Um, I don't think Mike Riley will be living downtown. Yeah, uh, with with two young ones, uh, but at the same time, yeah, just be. It's not cheap to live in Vancouver or in the surrounding area. Ooh, so enough. say something nice about Montreal. I I don't really have a lot of issues with like it's another year with Johnny Manziel which can't be he can't be worse and he wasn't he got better as the year went on well and now he'll have a full training now he has camp a full training and, camp in this system yeah uh, they were able to re-sign BJ Cunningham and they brought in Devere Posey which could be huge and maybe and, hopefully Ernest Jackson can rebound a little bit absolutely and you know it's just and Taylor Lawford changes that defense he does um he's a leader out there and he makes he's he, i would be like i said earlier i would be scared to go across the middle uh, they've made a lot of improvements and i think with <laughs> the route ottawa took in free agency and not signing everybody <laughs> and just letting everybody leave uh i i i, I think we might have to start an ottawa square jar instead of a montreal square jar this year <laughs> um, until mike sherman screws everything up in week three and we're right back to where we started <laughs> okay let's uh go to toronto here is where as soon as they lost out on Bo, they really made some nice, nice moves. Uh, all the running backs. Uh, that is the philosophy in Toronto. Wait, all the running backs was Jacques Chapdelaine. Why does he even need a running back? Hey, you can each teach an old dog new tricks. I think that's it. They're going all running. 
all running game. <laughs> For one game. And the next game, he'll rush it ten times. Yeah, yeah. So we got Brandon Burks. We have James Wilder. We have Chris Rainey. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable, the running backs. They also signed Tyrell Sutton. So <laughs> the Argonauts, if they have a bad run game next year. It's solely on Josh Apple. <laughs> I, I don't know where you can go wrong. I do think, oh, man, I, I would not be shocked if, if Wilder's gone. I would... I, with the cap and the amount of guys they have, he's probably going to be the most expensive guy on the roster right now. I would think at the running back position, yeah, probably. Uh, and we saw we or we saw last year that Brandon Burks can do that job. Uh, we know guys like Chris Rainey can do it when given the opportunity. I kind of wonder if they'll move him. Like, I mean, he's he's electric on kick returns, mm-hmm. so maybe that's his primary job. And I think he could probably play they, slot back or something. Absolutely, and, and you know he can play. He can spell at running back as well. It, yeah. It's not. We've seen it. We've seen him start at at running back and and produce. Uh, they still have Dexter McCluster and Anthony Coombs. Anthony, like they are low. Jeez, they <laughs> and are now they loaded. Have Merce, they got Mercer, Mercer Timmis. Timmis as well. They, they are loaded at the running back position. So I don't. Are, are they just going to run <laughs> wishbone like all all season? That being said. Riders opening day quarterback could very well be Nick Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Argos actually made some big defensive upgrades as well. Okay. So they bring in Kevin Fogg. Sean Lemon is back. Uh, Kevin Fogg can return kicks as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Micah Awe is now in Toronto. Oh, to- good. So he'll be nice and close to the league office when he gets fined. He can just drop the check in the mail. <laughs> Toby Antigua and Corey Poop Johnson. who <laughs> International news. Oh, man. <laughs> ESPN picked this thing up. He's got to wear number two. Like Chris Rainey, <laughs> sorry, man, but we're giving that number two to poop. <laughs> that has to happen. And if it does, I'll get it, Jersey. They, they need to. <laughs> Don't put Johnson on the back. I'm going to put, put poop. poop. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think he's actually a good defensive mm-hmm. tackle. Um, he's not the level that we were talking about guys like Michael Johnson, but he's... Yeah, of course. He can still disrupt oh, yeah. a game at, at, at points. He's not going to do it as often as the other guys, but he's, he's he's good at his job. I mean, when you got a... Name like poop. <laughs> you have to be good. Or else everybody's going to think you're poop. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the Argos, they actually... Had an all right free agency when they lost out on mm-hmm. Bo. Now they're going to have to go into the season with Franklin and Bethel Thompson. Maybe there is still a trade in there somewhere where they decide to go with one over the other or something like that. But, I mean, there is a lot of hope for um, James Franklin when he became a free agent mm-hmm. uh, last year. He did the trade and sign with uh, Toronto. But uh, there was a lot of hype for him last off season, uh, and that was, was that was maybe it's because he was like the only guy available that, considering this that, year. And I mean Edmonton, I, I don't want to say and blame fans, but the fan base Edmonton kind of pumped his tires. They did, they really uh, did. And, and let, even though we, let's be honest, we got caught up in it too. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna look real good in the other shade of green, right? Yeah. Uh, but 
Jim Pop was on Primetime Sports last week, said they are mo- – uh, James Franklin is going to be the starting quarterback. Well, And th- they want to go after Travis Lue because they want him to come in in a backup role and help – Help That'd be good for him. James Franklin. It'd be perfect, I think. Uh, whether and, or not that happens, we'll have to see. But. So maybe Bethel Thompson is the one that, the they, man out. that they move. Uh, it did seem like Tressman was not a Franklin guy, but mm-hmm. Pop was. Yes, I, I think that's fair to say. So I think Pop gets his guy now. Chapdelaine, mm-hmm. he's had good passing offenses. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did it with Kevin Glenn uh, recently. So I don't know. Can he do it with James Franklin again? He, I mean, you got to run the ball when, like, who's going to get on the roster the way it is right now? They can't sign these, any more wide receivers. <laughs> a lot of these guys are going to be moving, or well, or cut. Yeah, not necessarily even traded, just cut. So I, Toronto's got a like, like at some point we're going to have to get cut down to seventy five, and then final rosters finalized, and we're going to. This roster is going to look nothing like it looks right now. And now the receiving core, you got S.J. Green and Darrell Walker. Where and a, don't forget, Armani Edwards gets no respect in that offense. He's a good receiver. He used to be a quarterback. Did you know that? No. No, Rod Black tells me that 10 <laughs> times a game. Uh, <laughs> Darrell Walker, though, apparently mm-hmm. now the highest played non-quarterback in the league. I think that has to make Eskimo fans a little bit happy I would not make him ah, it feels like I'm slamming the guy but if I'm building a team would you make him I'm not building I'm not starting a wide receiver yeah so would you make him the highest paid not you probably wouldn't uh, the highest paid no, non-quarterback I, I don't, I don't in the I CFL um, but I guess that's what free agency is all about guys get mm-hmm. uh, paid more for every single time but they use the MLSE umbrella to really uh, bring Walker to Toronto. They had him there with some Argonaut players in a box at a Raptors game. And that's a big thing. It's probably more familiar for a lot of the guys mm-hmm. to be in a city like Toronto instead of even in Edmonton or oh, even sure. a Regina. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we got Dudney, man. We got four bars. That's it. <laughs> and one of them's condemned. <laughs> Although that street meet after the bar, huh? Can't Dude, beat don't, that. Don't don't forget the outside the pal. That street meet we had in Winnipeg was really good too. I can't believe that place has was, come to the ground. It was the greatest bar in the world. <laughs> I was only there once. <laughs> oh, so you? Oh, I was gonna say because before the podcast started, you went on a rant to my dad. <laughs> yeah, me and your dad are kindred spirits. Say you will never return to Winnipeg, <laughs> and now that the pal's gone. I have no reason to go back. Damn. Maybe to visit Neely. Yeah, exactly. We got to get... I, I want to go to a Bangible. That's a bucket list thing for me. But the Argos made some big signings, and now all of a sudden it looks like, hey, maybe they can compete with Hamilton. I I was I was just about... I was just thinking to myself, like, I I, I know we're not going to do predictions on, on this episode or yeah. anything, but like just the more and more I look, like if once they get their running back situation figured out and having... SJ, Darrell Walker, and Armani Edwards on that offense and, you know, improving the defense like they did. Hamilton's going to have to have a better year than 9-9 nine and nine yeah. to, to win that East Division if everybody stays healthy, of course, which is a caveat for every sport, every season, yeah. every game. Uh, but, yeah, the, the moves they've made, I, I don't think they're going to be 
I wouldn't call them the laughing stock of the East Division, but almost like an also ran. Mm-hmm. They just seemed to be there, and then they never seemed to get over any hump. They just they'd get halfway up the hill and roll backwards. They win two, win two, lose four. Win one, lose three, and it's just and hopefully build some consistency momentum. from year to year. Mm-hmm. Like they'll win a great cup, and then they follow it up with nothing. The Florida Marlins, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So hopefully they can. Uh, you know, get that going mm-hmm. in Toronto. What surprised you most about about free agency? For me, I think it was the money. And the the, the Harashi. And I don't know if it is because well this off season they're not allowed to pay signing bonuses, so they mm-hmm. probably just worked it into the salary. But a lot of the deals were actually revealed by the teams, especially Mike Riley, and then it happened with Bo, and those guys are on a different level because they're making a pile of cash. Uh, the minimum salary guys, a lot of Canadians, you know, are on that level. So I, I could see why they never want to reveal those salaries. Mm. But I, I think, get it. I think as a, as a fan base, though, for for the league and, yeah. and for each team, we know what it is. We know the situation. Yeah. And, and it's not like we're going to crap on these guys. Like, yeah. We're, fan, we're fans of the league. We, we want... The the more information, the better. I think and, so. And I also, th- but when a guy's only making, for example, twenty thousand dollars to play eighteen football games, did, I don't know if he'd be comfortable with that being out there being like that's all. Yeah. So I, I get that point of it, but I, I mean, more information just can get more people engaged and and give us more news. Well, and that's what Ed Hervey said. He mm-hmm. said. I, Teams I, can disclose it if they want to. Exactly, and he wants, or he thought it would be good for the fans. This is what we're doing. This is how much we're giving this guy. We're all in to discuss this yeah. and and everything like that. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that changes over the next little while. If if salaries are going to be publicly available, maybe just the top paid guys. But the amount of money that was dished out uh, at this free agency, man. Uh, I, I don't know if we've been misled in the past as to what the top stars get paid, and maybe they're doing it to show the AAF as well that the top stars in Canada, they make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do okay here. Yes, the min- minimum salary is better in that league, but if you come to Canada and, and, succeed. and you light it up, you going to make some money for mm-hmm. yourself. Absolutely. And I, I mean, that can be said with almost any sport. Yeah. Uh, especially in the OHL. But, <laughs> uh, and no, the NCAA. I, and, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it is another professional league where guys are going to have the opportunity to go. Uh, when Hervey said that, there, there is so a... There is going to be a competition to get, to get talent. There's a stigma with some fans even, mm-hmm. or, you know, even people that don't they they trash the CFL or whatever. These guys don't make any money, and then the, the Bo Mitchell and the Riley contracts come out. Casey Printers made five hundred k a year. Yeah, and he played nine games. Yeah, I would like to make three quarters of a million dollars a year to play football. <laughs> and I mean, it's only a short window in their lives when you really you know mm-hmm. when it gets down to it. So they got to make money when they can. But it's showing that hey, yeah, these stars, yeah, they get paid. Yeah, and I mean, I know the tax implications, everything is yeah, a little different because yeah, yeah. with the internet and all that crap. But if you are even a, a mid-level guy, like 
is still going to make enough money to to live. It's it's those minimum wage or not minimum wage, like the minimum the the cap floor guys mm-hmm. that, that get hurt and they they need to figure something out. But they're 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 the ones playing for love of the game. They're the ones playing to keep their spot because they get to do what they love, and you know get they get to keep playing football and keep the dream alive. And that that's why they're here. Um, and they know they're never going to go any further than maybe a special teamer. Or, or you know, be able to move on to the NFL or anything like that. But they just want to play. Yeah, and and they're getting that opportunity. And, and why 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 harp somebody for that? Uh, you know, yeah, it's their dream. They want to play professional football. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't if you wanted to if you want to get out of radio and do something else. I don't see why anybody would be like. Well, why would you do that? That sounds stupid. Oh, exactly. It's, it's their choice. I don't get the negativity. I, I do think that. Uh... Man, uh, some of the teams have been crushing it on uh, on social media. The Lions, the Argos, even the Eskimos, the, the hype videos they have made uh, to usher in a new era has been really awesome. And I think some tweets came out that the CFLPA has said they have given the league, actually on Friday, the 15th, Notice to bargain to the CFL. Uh, they're ready to begin negotiations as they seek respect and fair treatment. So give Brian Ramsey a follow on Twitter. He's actually been given some uh, very transparent tweets. His handle's at Ramsey CFL PA. It's going to be interesting to see how public uh, some of these negotiations have gone. I do think that'll the, go well if they are public. Yeah. <laughs> the league has given them some concessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the extra bye week, I think. Uh, there were some discussions about the live mic games, uh, the padded practices, and things like that. So some of the stuff, I think, has already been worked out a little bit. Maybe the biggest deal is going to be the minimum salary and possible health insurance as we head in to these negotiations. And uh, they're going to have some long days at the table, I think. And it's not going to be fun. Uh, no. It's, and, like... But it, we, uh, some we, are saying that it doesn't look like the players are united because they're signing contracts anyway. So, but I don't know what that means. You got to get paid. You got to get paid, and yeah, the only thing now with no signing bonuses is that if they, yeah, God forbid, there's a lockout, they're not getting a cent. No, uh, but this way they're not. This way, they're, everybody's pretty confident that it's going to be ratified and we'll be good to go. Uh, this, they're, they know what's up. They don't have to worry about it. They just have to make sure this thing gets through, gets ratified, and we'll have a season. And you know, these guys are already signed. It'd be like, well, not my problem. You paid me this money, and the salary cap didn't go up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to cut Mike Riley. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the unfortunate part. Some of the mid guys might. Yes. But the top guys, no, because yeah. somebody else will pick them up mm-hmm. right away. Uh, just one more note. It looks like on Thursday they will be unveiling the location for the 2020 Grey Cup. Uh, we know it's between Hamilton, Montreal, and Regina. Now, the Ticats and the Riders both having viewing parties for the 2020 Grey Cup unveiling. What there- if Montreal wins? <laughs> <laughs> there has to be... They've got to be revealing two years. I would think. Because <laughs> Hamilton and what Regina. Montreal and Regina. Oh. Hamilton still doesn't get one. <laughs> it has to be 20 and 21. I don't know why you would hold two two viewing That's parties. That's what I mean. <laughs> so that one can leave pissed off. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
There would be a riot in Hamilton if yeah. they... They'd have to build a new stadium because they'd burn this one down. Because you have to think if one doesn't get it, they'll get it in 21. You would think. So uh, we'll see what happens on Thursday where the 2020 Grey Cup and possibly 21 is going to happen. It's Brazilian Thai, Travis Curra, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, judging by your conversation with my dad... Uh, I went onto the Alberta Podcast Network dot com website. I, I went, went to, to the, the politics. I did. Tab. I did. <laughs> uh, so check out the Dave Berta podcast. Dave and Ryan talk politics, policy, and events from an Edmontonian, Albertan, and and Canadian perspective. So vote with your ears and check out the Dave Berta podcast at Alberta Podcast Network dot com. I'm not sure uh, when we will do another episode. I believe the combine's coming up next month. Uh, maybe we get uh, March 22nd to 24th is the national combine. there we go so maybe we'll do an episode before then and who knows what else could happen in this crazy crazy off season the Riders might sign a quarterback <laughs> hey, it's Vince Young hey Colin Kaepernick maybe he's coming to Montreal he could literally play he on doesn't a, need to play anymore he just made 50 million dollars from the NFL he could play in a one dollar contract he, he just got paid you know Oh, okay. So there we go. Alouettes get Colin Kaepernick for 55K. Riders get Colin Kaepernick. Let's go. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.